today. Leaked audio of Donald Trump is released to CNN. What CNN will tell you is important and what you really need to know about it. Also, more bombshell evidence connecting the Biden crime family to the CCP. No big deal there. And big name leftists run cover for grown adults showing their nude bodies to kids. There's a name for that, but I won't say it yet because the show will probably get banned everywhere. We've got all of that and more coming up and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and an audio recording of former President Donald Trump was secretly leaked to CNN in which Trump discussed his possession of classified documents and he commented that he had not declassified at least one of the documents in his possession while president. Trump also expressed that these documents proved that chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley was not truthful when it came to who really wanted to attack Iran in the last days of Trump's presidency. Now for context, the classified documents documents indictment makes a reference to a July 2021 audio recorded meeting with a quote writer, a publisher and two members of Trump's staff, none of whom possessed a security clearance, end quote, during which Trump showed them a plan of attack prepared for him by the Department of Defense and a senior military official. That sounds pretty serious. Well, take a listen to what that audio actually sounded like. These are bad, sick people. That That was your coup, you know against you. That's well, it started right at the like beginning. Like when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a kid. No, they, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying yeah. to overthrow yeah. your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at them. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's see here. Yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm-hmm. Except it is like highly confidential yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. But look, look at this. You attack and Hillary would print that out all the time. You know, <laughs> it, no, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner, yeah, yeah. the pervert. Um, by the way, isn't that incredible? Though? Yeah. I was just saying because we were talking about it, <laughs> and you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what? He's in the papers. Wow. This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably right? Now, I know we're supposed to be like really shocked and horrified or whatever, but shouldn't we also know how this was leaked to CNN? Isn't that like kind of a big a big deal? I would think so. And it was at least uh, a big deal to former White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany, who expressed that this leak does nothing to preserve any confidence whatsoever in our institutions. Watch. You know, what gets interesting, too, is the judge in this case uh, has been pretty outspoken and firm that she didn't want any leaks in this case. And she wanted, you know, a lid to be kept on all of this. Uh, apparently, that's been violated by somebody. I don't know. Why do I assume that a leak to a liberal outlet 
likely didn't come um, from some uh, conservative, but maybe somebody close to that special counsel. I'm just a guess. I don't know. What do you think, Kaylee? Yeah, you know, Sean, that is a key point. I, I, I sit here and I see these things, these details of a case in a court of law by a special counsel come in and they're aired on CNN. We get a transcript of the tape. We get a audio recording of the tape. How does that happen? How is that not violative of the process? And at a time when I saw today an NBC poll in the 30 percentile is the approval rating of the DOJ and the FBI. We need confidence in our in our government and our institutions. And clearly this doesn't instill much when this is getting leaked to the likes of CNN. Well, Trump himself took to Truth Social last night to blast special counsel Jack Smith, saying the deranged special prosecutor Jack Smith, working in conjunction with the DOJ and FBI, illegally leaked and spun a tape and transcript of me, which is actually an exoneration rather than what they would have you believe. This continuing witch hunt is another election interference scam. They are cheaters and thugs. And of course, he's right. They are the same DOJ who is prosecuting Trump for sharing classified information with the media in this audio recording has no problem sharing classified information with CNN by leaking the audio. But we should expect nothing more from the enemy of the people here to discuss this and more. We have John Doyle, Blaze TV contributor and host of Heck Off Commie, who I am also told, I'll just say, John, I am also told does have some new content coming out today. This is this is very real, actually. Yeah, we did a Juneteenth special, released a little late, oh so as to be respectful to other cultures. Mm -hmm. And we went to an HBCU, and we did a Change My Mind debate with the students about uh, whether America, white people, our history, things like that, are racist. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I can't wait to uh, to watch that. So everyone needs to go check it off over at uh, Heck Off Commie. So, John, I don't think there is a bigger supporter of Donald Trump. It's true. Than you. Um, I, I mean, I, I would consider myself to be objective here, and I try to criticize Trump when I think he deserves it. But in this, you see a man who, I would say be, even before he was president, right, who 2015 had the entire swamp, the entire deep state working against him. He was constantly being thrown under the bus. He had constant leaks in his administration. He had, you know, people, uh, anonymous members of his administration writing op-eds for the New York Times about how Donald Trump wasn't fit for office. I mean, he had people, he had his campaign spied on. I mean, he had people working against him every single step of the way. You can't, like, blame or fault the guy for saying, I want these documents that clearly vindicate me against right. all of the lies that these people have been spewing for this many years. It's like, I would want those, too. Right. And it really is just, it can be reduced to the fact that he can't be bought. And we say that and we appreciate that. But that means that every other person who claims to represent us in politics at almost every level is bought in some mm -hmm. capacity. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a series of phone calls that could be made to where a person who you think is your best advocate, your best champion for freedom and liberty and prosperity, they can then be uninstalled if they step out of line because they're uh, you know, requiring the money from these donors, they require the patronage from these different networks, and in exchange for that, you have to not you know, cross the line on issues like immigration, sovereignty, war, uh, industrial policy, trade policy, things like that. Trump is very uniquely able to get past this, not because he's necessarily some genius calculated political actor. I think he's closer to that than 
he is far away from it, but because he has his own money, he's mm-hmm. already a household name, He people love him. I mean, the more people see of Donald Trump, the more they like him. That's why they can't play, you know, just clips of Trump or, you know, give all the information about the clips. They always have to tell you what Anderson Cooper thinks about mm-hmm. what's going on, what this other talking head thinks about what's going on, because then the viewer is like, oh, man, people are saying this is really bad. I guess it really is. But right. if Trump just gets up there with a note card and just talks, people are like, okay, I actually relate to this because yeah. they're all coming after him because he simply wants to do right by the American people. Yeah, I mean, you know, you go back to the the context in which the indictment says like, oh my gosh, he discussed plans about attacking Iran with a writer. And then you listen to it and he's like, he was just saying that they lied about him. That's not like, that's not how Donald Trump operates. Donald Trump isn't over there selling nuclear codes to a, a foreign country. Like he's just, I mean, the rest of the conversation, we cut a little bit of it. It ended with, um, it's in, he said, uh, you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. The writer said, no, I believed you. He said, it's incredible, right? And she said, no, they never met a war they didn't want. He says, hey, bring some Cokes in, please. Like this guy, this guy isn't like this calculated, evil, manipulative, like I'm going to sell United States secrets. He's just literally like he has lived through, I would say, I would be traumatized if I were him. I like I literally would not trust anyone else yep. until the day that I died. The amount of people who have stabbed him in the back and I'm sure wants to preserve documents showing that this this is not. I know a lot of people are like, he he's just playing 10D chess. I don't see Trump as that type of person. Yeah, I think he just naturally does have sort of good instincts for how to maneuver. Um, I don't know if it is like this very well thought out plan. I think right. he just kind of assesses situations and is like, I'm going to go this way, I'm going to go this right. way. Sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad. I think it's more often than not good. But the story there is that he was being pressured by like top levels of our military right. Right. to go to war with Iran. Why? Exactly. Like, for what purpose? But exactly. they're going to take that and be like, no, the story is that he was talking about it. It's one of those things, you know, wherever there's some whistleblower who's like, oh my gosh, this bad thing is happening. They don't acknowledge the bad thing in itself, they're like, well, why are you noticing? Right. You're not supposed to notice. Right, right. It's just fascinating. Um, so we'll, uh, go ahead. And you know what? It's not even, you know, you made a comment earlier. I am objective. It's it's simply that Donald Trump is just that good. That's why I'm partial to him. And you'll love this. I, I, I love not, Trump. I'm not like on the back foot with like, oh, Trump, he keeps, you know, all these things come out and he's getting more corrupt. Trump is not even close to my personal line of like <laughs> this guy's corrupt. He could actually get away with a lot I know, more. I know. And I would and be he'd like be fine again, with it. I'm surprised that he's not corrupt because here's the thing. He's not corrupt though. No. But he's like not. he he's not at all. They've investigated his whole life for yeah. how many years and the and the, the worst thing that they can get him on is like trying to keep documents that preserve his vindication yeah. and also uh what falsifying business records because he didn't like categorize something properly. Yeah. And it's like, look, in politics, you would like to think that people are going to get involved because they just really want to do right, maybe under like a monarchy when you're raised to do that. But in a democratic system, there's always going to be incentives and things like that. If someone gets in and they're doing the right thing and then they make a little bit of money on this, I don't care about Mm -hmm. that. I understand Mm -hmm. it's part of the job because if I say this guy's corrupt, okay, now you've got someone like Joe Biden in office who's not only going to not do right by the American people, he's going to make his money by selling out the American people. So it's like, okay, I'm okay with that. But Trump doesn't even do that. 
he gets a little creative with his taxes. That's ba- that's libertarian. That's you know that's that's true American enterprise right there. He's a billionaire Manhattan real estate mogul. Who cares well, about stuff like that? And again, to your point, we're talking about all of these indictments. By the way, the, I mean there should be more coming. This is how much they're going against this guy, who is I would say the cleanest person in politics. The amount of of investigations they've done into him, and all they can stick him with are these ticky tacky things. Meanwhile. Joe Biden and his family, we still keep getting every day. There's more and more evidence that comes out uh, linking these people directly to the CCP. And the government's like, oh, well, I uh, we don't want to. No, we're not going to serve that subpoena. No, we're not going to uh, actually continue that investigation because we just the, the corruption we actually like when it's on our side. So the latest is uh, this is more details of Hunter Biden's communication with the CCP linked energy company, CEFC. This is a WhatsApp message. Uh, dated 8-3, this is August 3rd, 2017, and Hunter tells CEFC associate Gongwen Dong, who is called Kevin, I love whenever it's someone with like a very, very foreign name and they just like assign a random American <laughs> name to themselves. Yeah, the anglicized version of that is <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, yeah. My favorite, by the way, I'm getting totally off track. My favorite was uh, an Indian guy that I dealt with one time when my car needed repair and he had like the strongest, the thickest Indian accent and he said his name was Texas. It's <laughs> like, that is not, there. that cannot possibly yeah, be true. Um, but uh, this message says... Uh, the, this is this is Hunter Biden saying in this exchange, uh, the Bidens, if you think this is about money, it's not. The Bidens are the best I know at doing exactly what uh, the at what the chairman wants from this partnership. And then fascinatingly enough, the day after this exchange, his shell company, Biden shell company, Owasco, received one hundred thousand dollars from CEFC. But I'm sure that's just. That's just coincidence. It always is just, oops, that's just coincidence. The Oversight Committee tweeted out today, uh, who is the chairman? Yi Jian, Jianming is a Chinese billionaire tied to a CCP intelligence gathering agency. Ye, Yi, Ye, Yi stated that CEFC China's vision is to obtain overseas resources and serve the national strategy. He wanted to expand China's reach and influence around the world. As more facts come to light, it becomes even more evident that the Bidens put China and their interests first and America last. So to see this level of corruption existing at the highest levels of office in the country, Joe Biden being vice president, and nothing happens, no one wants to do that investigation. Oh, but we're going to indict Trump on 20 million different things because he had a conversation with a writer once about how everyone was out to get him. Well, they were. And imagine, too, what, because with Trump, they have the entire NATSEC and intelligence agency apparatuses going after him, and this is what they come up with. Right. We, with our, like, you know, Google search, can unearth all of these things that would prove beyond a reasonable doubt or at least warrant some sort of investigation at a level of sophistication higher than what it's been given, which it hasn't even at all. So imagine what we're not seeing. Yep. Imagine what the people who work at high levels know is going on yep. and what we are not finding out about. And imagine the conversations they have laughing at conservatives getting all riled up about something like this, knowing in the back of their mind, oh, if they really knew what we were up to, imagine how they'd react. Mm-hmm. I know. It's disgusting.
Um, all right, we've got to uh, take a quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, Birch Gold. So Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for like the 10 billionth time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of our dollar. Yay! As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? It's a great reminder, guys, to diversify a portion of your savings into gold, and you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. You're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. This is something that I just recently did. My family just recently did with Birch Gold. Uh, We really, really have appreciated all of their help that they have given us in making sure that we are diversified, heavily diversified, I would say, into gold and silver, which has been the best hedge against inflation historically speaking. So do yourself a favor, text the word Y to 989898 for a free info kit on gold. There's no obligation. They're just going to send you the information. All right. Read about it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not a financial advisor, but just do the due diligence and read about it. So your savings doesn't continue to dwindle away. You can do that by texting the word Y to 989898. So yesterday, we uh, played a clip of the naked cyclists who exposed themselves at the Seattle Pride Parade. Um, I don't know, Control, would it be, can you actually pull that video up? We should have it from the other day. But um, it was, I don't know if you saw this, John. Um, Well, there was a whole lot of debauchery going on at Pride Parades across the country, but this one in particular in Seattle, um, these cyclists were, inexplicably, I don't know why they were naked other than these people just really like to be naked and show off their wieners and um, in front of children, primarily. Gay people? Yes. Yes. That's what I'm seeing. See, that's what... Ignore what you're seeing. That's... They're just... They're just silly, okay? And they like to dance and throw parades. This is just media. This is like... This is like a a right-wing stage. This is a false flag. This didn't actually happen. I mean, when you have to have a blackout bar across the entire screen, right at the level of the penis, and then there's a man dressed as Woody, which is even creepier, uh, Woody from Toy Story. So this was the this was the story that we discussed um, yesterday. So uh, some of these big name leftists on Twitter they're trying very, very hard to like justify like, well, well, but this is why it's okay that young children were exposed to grown men's genitalia. I want to go through some of these. First is a uh, Ron Philip Philipkowski, who said, as I said, when Pride Month began, the right uses this stuff to win elections and then pass laws and appoint judges to take away your rights, which I don't like take away your right to show your dong to young children, I guess. I I don't know what right he's talking about there. Here's another one from George Takai. Uh, He was responding to Ron. Even if there were no naked guys on bikes this year, they would find picture or generate them and push the same agenda anyway. There's no fixing this by calling for self-censoring. And then, of course, Brian Krasenstein, who is like literally the worst on Twitter. Well, maybe his brother Ed is. I don't know. But um, he tried, man, he got himself into a whole predicament that he is still trying to dig his way out of after he quoted a tweet of Libs of TikTok, 
libs of TikTok about the same event, he said, let me get this straight. Libs of TikTok tweeted out a video of naked men on bicycles in order to make a point that naked men on bicycles should not be parading in front of kids. I agree. But in order to make this point, they share a video of naked men on bicycles on Twitter where millions of kids can now see this video. Note, I am only sharing a screenshot of the video, not retweeting it, because I actually don't think that kids should be viewing naked men on bicycles online. Unlike Libs of TikTok, Twitter is open to kids 13 and older, according to their terms of service. And Libs of TikTok knows this. And then he got in so much trouble for trying to be like, well, you, but you're the problem for exposing it. He responded again. Number one, seeing a man naked on a bike isn't going to have much of an impact on any kid. They have likely seen their father or brother naked before. Number two, sharing an uncensored video of a naked man on a bike to an audience of possibly 30 million kids on Twitter is arguably worse than riding a bike naked in front of a kid or two in a planned event that a kid's parent took them to. Number three, there are much worse things that the average kid will see or hear online and offline in a typical week. And uh, he kept digging there, but I'm not even going to bother with that that other one. What I'd really like to uh, to hone in on here, John, is um, seeing a man naked on a bike isn't going to have much of an impact on any kid. That, that's where we've moved to now. So we're supposed to believe that if some young child has accidentally walked in on their, you know, their dad taking a shower, that's the same thing as being taken to a parade where they wave dildos and, uh, you know, have BDSM gear whipping their their gay partners while uh, grown men ride bikes with their penises hanging out. And we're supposed to believe that that's not going to have much of an impression on a child. That's where we're at. Right. Um you know, I've said this before that the only way that we're going to uh, get out of the abyss is to climb back up the slippery slope. And a lot of conservatives, maybe they're well-meaning, they just, well, you know, I don't really mind gay people getting married, doing that. I just don't like when it's public. I just don't like when it's woke and pushed on our kids. That's great, but understand that that's not how normal people think at any point during human history. They would have thought, wait a minute, this is wrong. This probably needs to be suppressed. And so if you look at any point in history to which you would maybe like to return, you're probably going to have to at least adopt in some capacity the average opinion of a person during that time period. Um, and there was a time as recently as like the early 2000s where this kind of stuff wasn't going on and the American attitudes towards this kind of stuff were largely negative because we understood, wait a minute, I feel like we might open up this Pandora's box and then, you know, there's going to be a slippery slope. And it turns out that that was true. And at a certain point, we have to be comfortable acknowledging the transgression against LGBT stuff like as a transgression because we like to say, well, it's not about that. It's about this. It's about maybe it is actually about that. If there were cardinals, and every time cardinals got together, they crapped on your car, at a certain point you'd be like, wait, why does this happen? And maybe you can say, well, there's a cardinal in my backyard and he, they don't do that, or I saw a cardinal on television and they didn't do that. Okay, at a certain point, you have to explain to me why every time they get together, they crap on my car. Why is it that every time gay people organize virtually every piece of political or cultural infrastructure that the LGBT community has, why is it that they cannot for the life of themselves help but do this stuff with kids? They could have normal story hours hours where they're just like, oh, I'm in a Vineyard Vines cardigan. I'm just reading like Cat in the Hat. They can't help it. So you have to just wonder, why is that? Maybe at a certain point, we just have to stop trying so hard, trying harder than they are to pretend this is not what it's about. Maybe that is what it's about. We can have a conversation about that. But you're never going to get this to go away by go away by just saying like, hey, wait, stop. Like, like these people, eh, never mind, I'll stop there. But yeah, you, you are going to have to be more comfortable, <laughs> I think. Uh, you know, think about it. 
they are so comfortable doing this type of stuff in front of kids. Imagine like the level of audacity you have to have to be comfortable doing that. And you're not even comfortable enough to like reasonably oppose it and just want to go back to the average opinion of, a, of an American in like 2005. Like you're more scared to be like, maybe we shouldn't have mandated that sodomy is a human right. And they're just like, actually, your son is going to look at my penis when I'm riding a bike. <laughs> well, I mean, to go back to George Takai's tweet, to your point, it's like, well, hold on. He just said they would they would find pictures or generate them even if there were no naked guys on bikes and push the same agenda anyway. So let's get to that. What is what is our agenda? What is it? We want to protect kids from being sexualized. Yes. Is that Oh, I'm sorry, George. Is that radical for you? Are you like do you have something to share with us? Can are you just like foaming at the mouth waiting for some kid to look at your dong? Like I don't understand why this is so they act like it is the craziest thing in the world. You are such a right-wing nut job for pushing an agenda of us not sexualizing your kids. Yes, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Absolutely. No, they they actually believe that to not want to push this kind of stuff on children is the same as like being a Nazi. Like they actually believe that. And it's absurd and it's crazy, but at a certain point we're gonna have to like do something about that because there's no reconciling with people who have gotten to this point. I mean, I, I don't understand how you can be a reasonable person mm -hmm. and think that mm -hmm. these type of people are gonna be like, oh, wait a minute, that's grooming kids. I am, I'm so embarrassed. Right. I had no idea. Like at a certain point we're just gonna have to like suppress these people's influence in society. Yeah. I. Well, you I, what? <laughs> I understand your point. Well, what I was going to say was I actually I think that there are a lot of gay people who also agree with you. Sure. I, I mean, I've heard from a lot of them yeah. who are like, I we totally get it. We totally agree. This was the this was the slippery slope. And I mean, now I don't know that they're they're advocating for themselves to not be able to get married, but they see the clear delineation of like, wow. You guys were right. This did happen. All these things that you guys said were going to happen, you know, happened. Um, so just to your point. That's why they shouldn't take it personally when uh, we have to climb back up the slippery slope. All right. It's nothing all right. personal. It's just practical. All right. All right. Um, all right. We got to take a quick break. We'll be back. John, we're trying to stay on YouTube. We'll be back with more. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Pure Health. So uh, if you are suffering from low energy, maybe you have brain fog or you got some unexplained extra flab, you know, the problem actually could be your liver and you may not know it, but your liver is the good foundation. It's the foundation for good health. It performs like 500 key functions, filtering toxins, breaking down nutrients and keeping cholesterol in check. But over time, your liver can start to wear down and, you know, maybe you're not so nice to it. Maybe you drink a little tequila at night and, uh, you know, you're, you get energy crashes, you get belly fat, you get trouble with memory and concentration. That's why you need liver health formula. It contains 11 powerful herbs and nutrients to clinically, it's clinically proven to recharge and revitalize your liver. And it helps protect against fatty liver, which is actually a silent epidemic affecting 100 million Americans. It's manufactured right here in the United States. And uh, as a listener of this show, you can try liver health formula and receive a free bottle of blood sugar formula to reduce sugar cravings when you order today. You can go to getliverhelp.com news. Guys, I use this stuff. It is awesome. You've got to go to getliverhelp.com news. Now, poor Disney has lost uh, nearly $900 million, so almost a billion dollars, on their last eight Films. Uh, YouTube financial analyst Valiant Renegade measured the performances of Lightyear, 
Thor, Love and Thunder, Strange World, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, The Little Mermaid, The New Little Mermaid, and Elemental, um, and which, by the way, the last two are still playing in theaters. And um, they he analyzed the performance in comparison to the marketing budget. And uh, he noted, of course, that the production budget of the eight films amounted to a crazy amount of money, and uh, they actually had this deficit of almost $900 million. Gosh, I am so sad about that. And I don't, I, I wonder, John, why people aren't watching these movies anymore. I am a little bit cynical about the like, you know, go woke, get broke, go woke, go broke, get woke, go broke. Mm-hmm. Get, get woke, go broke. That one. Try getting it out. I don't know if you're gonna put this or on Or go television. woke, go broke. That one, yeah. yeah. Um, because I remember there it's was an fine, article. fine, John. We just are on national TV. I remember so, yeah. that there was. You could get it right the first time. I remember that there was an article uh, <laughs> that we covered even on the show. It was talking about like all the money that Disney was losing in like you know one of their financial quarters mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't know how business works. I don't contribute a value-added product. <laughs> <laughs> but the people were like, this is it, Disney tanking. And it was something like they lost the rights to stream some obscure sport in India, and that's why. And conservatives you know, pounced on that, and they were like, it's so over for Disney. This probably might be closer to it. I would imagine part of the pie chart is that the products are stale. I mean, yep. the superhero movies, they were really cool with what they did with like the whole Avengers thing, but like... Thor, Love and Thunder. I mean, the, the name sounds silly. I don't know what his character arc is up to. Like, I mean, I was never like a huge comic book guy. I went through my Spider-Man phase as a kid, but even now I'm not, maybe it's because I'm older, but I'm not excited about these titles anymore. And it really is new that all blockbusters are superhero films. I mean, you should have more diversity uh, in, in this case. And I don't think that they're providing that. So I think that's probably part of it. But it's also, I think, the live a- um, adaptations are just lazy. I mean, no one wants to go see some because you're never going to do something better than the original Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there is like, of course, the blackwashing of like, you know, traditional like Danish folklore, and it's like, oh, okay, there's actually like a black mermaid, and it's like that's wrong for at least four reasons, but they're going to do it anyways. And then you have like Buzz Lightyear's gay and all this other stuff, so that's probably also part of it. You've got parents who are just like, you know, maybe if it were a really good movie, we'd go see it, but it's like it's a bad movie. It's stale. It's expensive to go to the theaters. They don't force the policies like they used to. The experience is bad anyways. People are talking they're on their phones. So it's like there's no return on investment in terms of like dollar to fun ratio. There are just so many other things you could be doing. So I want to go put that list back up if you would, Control. Because um, you mentioned Lightyear being gay. Yeah. But Strange World right there, gay. Okay. Elemental, I would also say gay. gay. because <laughs> Well, it was non-binary, I think, which gay. Okay. Um, Thor, also gay. I mean, Thor is not gay, but there was gay in Thor. Okay, uh, and then what else? Well, there was not gay in Thor. There was gay in the movie Thor. Guardians of the Galaxy. Clarify. I can't remember if there was any gay in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I haven't seen it. That's why. I can't remember hearing. That's sort of like a civic nationalism, but like at a galactic level, because if the galaxy contains gay and they are guarding it, you can only assume that they're guarding it from threats that are from other galaxies that maybe are not gay, that are hostile towards it. And so maybe that's gay. The Wakanda Forever. Um, Is that gay? It's black. I don't, like, I don't know if that's woke. I mean, it's Black Panther. Well, but. yeah, 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 yeah. So all of it is just has elements of, of wokeism. I don't know. I'm going to ask my my 
husband director in my ear was was ant-man was was there any gay in ant-man okay no say, gay in there Ant-Man. is something funny like with the whole black panther thing conservatives were like posting pictures of like this movie with all these like because it's you know black panther and there's all these like black actors and they're like i'm sick of woke disney <laughs> like just seeing black people in a movie and they were just like the woke left has gone too far this time <laughs> okay, uh, also apparently Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in the post credit scene, they introduce a major lesbian character from the comics. So, also gay, coming, uh, down the pipeline, um, no pun intended, uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, I just, uh, also I would like to just point out, John, as we're talking about these, many of the gay ones are targeted directly to children. Yeah. Lightyear, Elemental, Strange World as well. I believe these were all animated uh, animated movies that were geared towards children. Um, also, I'm, they're telling me in my ear that there's a new, they just announced a new Star Wars character that's going to be trans. So I, apparently they have not learned their lesson yet. Yeah, I hope they do. I do too. But um, I, look, I think it's going to be a combination of a couple different things. Um, number one being people are not watching these woke movies. But number two, also that... Um, like it, their parks are just like they're squeezing the the average American out. Nobody can afford to go to their parks. They're yeah. charging an arm and a leg for everything now. And um, I think people are like, yeah, if I'm gonna take my kid to a theme park, I'd rather not do the woke stuff, not be met by like some weirdo man wearing makeup that's introducing my young girl to makeup at the bibbity bobbity boo store right. um, and I, I would just take them to Universal. Yeah, they uh, they don't care about showmanship the way that Walt Disney would have liked and that's one thing I will say about he Las Vegas. He's in his grave. He's gotta be. Um, Vegas is obviously not a good city for traditional people, for conservative people. Yeah, I'm but, not gonna take my kid. But mm-hmm. I will say the one time I was there, I did appreciate the way that they still care about presentation. Like, it's obviously Sin City. It's degenerate. But they do try to actually, like, show you things that are cool there. I mean, there's a lot of great entertainment. And they have no tolerance for, like, the kind of disruption that you start to see now in, like, other theme parks where these big fights break out. People are, you know, being obnoxious, swearing in line. They're bringing drugs in. I mean, I guess that is just, you know, what Vegas is known for. But I do appreciate that. But you can't take kids to Vegas, so you're going to have to find some sort of alternative. Cedar Point in Ohio's great. Uh, Universal Studios, I, I haven't been there in like 10 years, but hopefully That's there great. are alternatives that sort of like come and fill this vacuum uh, and occupy the market share. And maybe Disney can return to its former glory, but you know, if it has to die to preserve its legacy, that's fine too. Yeah, I like that you mentioned the, the presentation because now they're like, I mean, you know, we have people who perhaps might be bad actors, but they will turn your kid gay. So you're in luck. Once you come to, I mean, the the kids come straight, they leave really gay. And that's like, I mean, how could your performance have more of an impact on someone, really? (laughs) You're reorienting their entire understanding of themselves. Right, and by the way, I wasn't kidding when I said Walt, I mean, Walt has to be, if he, I'm glad, I'm honestly, I'm glad he isn't alive. Well, I wish that he was alive to have stopped it, but like, I'm glad that he can't see what his, you know, uh, brainchild has turned into just the degeneracy that is now running the show. It's really sad. Um, All right, we've got to take another quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor. Naturally, it's clean. So it's funny because, well, kind of not funny, but um, since they became a sponsor of the show, I, I have had like so 
all of my animals have had like bodily function issues and I have had to clean up. I'm not kidding. I've had to clean up more dog poop uh, and cat poop than I have had to clean up in like six months. All in the last couple of weeks, we just took our dog to the doctor because she had like <laughs> horrible stomach issues. I'll just spare you. And I was just so thankful for Naturally It's Clean. They were a godsend this past week because I have white carpet and that was not a smart idea. Um, <laughs> now that I think about it, getting white carpet with animals and children, but I did it. Uh, but it's okay with Naturally It's Clean. Their products are made with hospital-grade cleaning solution that uh, they're going to smell great every time, but it's plant-based so you know that it's safe for your home. I have the, you know, like I said, I got kids, I got dogs, I got cats. I got a lot of beings in my home that I want to keep safe, and I don't like all the chemicals. Well, I use their stuff, and it works just as well, if not better, than all of the chemical gross stuff. Uh, their Essential Starter Kit features four of their most popular products. It's one of their top-selling items. I have it. I freaking love this stuff. You can get it right now for 15% off when you go to naturallyitsclean.com slash Sarah. This is a small business. They share our values. They are patriots just like you guys. It's manufactured right here in the United States. Plus, they offer free two-day shipping. Go check them out, all right? Give them some, uh, some business over there at naturallyitsclean.com slash Sarah. So, John, you will recall that um, last year, I think going into the year and even throughout this year, uh, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City has been very accusatory when it comes to uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis of uh, shipping illegal immigrants to places like New York, places like California, places that, you know, call themselves sanctuary cities. So, like, why wouldn't you want these illegal immigrants? You just said that you would take them in. And he's been highly critical of these governors who have been shipping these migrants off. Well, apparently, uh, Eric Adams used taxpayer funds to do the exact same thing, send migrants to uh, Texas, Florida, and even China at the same time that they were condemning Republicans. Yes, yes, he did. John John raised his eyebrows at that. So oh, it worked for his campaign. That's really cool. Well, actually. he says that he wasn't aware um, that they were sending migrants to China, but that's that he's awesome. that's his comms team. Okay, you, yeah, it you was don't know it, right, about exactly. It. it was kind of doublespeak because he was awesome. like, Well, I mean, we I didn't know, but also if migrants want to go somewhere else, we're helping assist them with that. And who wouldn't want to go to the wonderful and free uh, utopia of China where I'm sure that these illegal immigrants with their brown skin oftentimes would get treated very, very kindly by the Chinese Communist Party? Here is Eric Adams at that press conference. Watch. I'm, I'm, you know about migrants. <laughs> well, listen. Uh, this is a a national problem. Actually, it's an international problem. So what I'm happened with my was... mayors from Belgium? Uh, I mean, my oh electors from Belgium, um, from all over the globe, and mm -hmm. this is a national problem that's hitting the globe. Okay. Migrants shifting because of war-torn areas. Uh -huh. uh, I'm not aware of any going to China. Okay. I will reach out to the team and find out what the plan, <laughs> but we have not made it a secret. We are interviewing mm -hmm. people when they come because many of them were forced to come to New York. Oh, no. And we're saying, where's the best place for you that you would like to go? If it's New York City, 
then we're going to accommodate to the best of our ability. If they say they want to go somewhere else, we're going to accommodate to the best of our ability. We're not doing like other administrations, putting people on bus rides, not giving them uh, the food and the services, placing bans on them. We're not doing that. Mm. We're attempting to allow people to uh, have the best start in this country or in another country if they want. I'm not aware of China. I would uh, reach out and find out, and I'm sure the team would brief me in it, on it. But whatever they're doing, they're doing it to the best way of mm. dealing with, with a crisis mm. that we're having. That New York City has been carrying it on its own for the most part. That and it's unfair to New Yorkers. Sounded like quite a backpedal. He was a little too on the defense uh, to believe a word that was coming out of his mouth. I'll, but I'll, I'll check with the team, okay? I don't know. Um, you know, it's just fascinating because, first of all, I've seen absolutely no proof that anyone was forced to go to New York City. These people are signing waivers that say that they understand that Texas does not have the resources for them, nor do they want them. And New York is a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state, New York City, sanctuary city, who is offering to financially assist these people. And these people are choosing to go to New York because why wouldn't they? You're a sanctuary city. Yeah, I think uh, if we had a good diplomat, we could probably negotiate some sort of deal where we are paying off our debt with China by giving them these illegal aliens as a, like a, um, a barter or something. Because look, yes, it is a loss. Obviously, Americans don't know how to sustain their own country. Obviously, we need to import people from the lowest IQ regions in the world by the millions every year in order to keep the machines you know, running. But if it means that we can pay off some of our debt with China, I think it might be worth it to explore. Like, you know, send them over there, let the Chinese grow and expand and be enriched. And we've had, we've had enough. It's, it's unfair at this point. Mm. At a certain point, what does it say about us that we are not sharing the enrichment? That's not helping our state, our, our, our uh, global perception, the global perception of America. That's the fat American. It's not because we're gluttonous. It's because we take too much of the vibrance mm. of the Latin American community away from other parts of the world. That's we a don't get point. to enjoy it. That's a great point. I mean, I would also like a free, like, I love that he's like, well, wherever they want to go, we'll send them. I'm like, can I get, like, I, I would really like to go on vacation to, like, Turks and Caicos. Can you, can I be an illegal immigrant and go do that because like this economically doesn't make sense that you're dedicating all of these resources to people who literally broke the law when they entered this country and all right. of us, uh, you know, law abiding citizens don't get, I don't, I'm not getting a handout. In fact, you'd be sick if you knew how much I uh, gave to the government so that we could send illegal immigrants, or at least if you're in New York city, you can send illegal immigrants wherever they want to go. That's the thing that I really don't appreciate. It would be one thing if the people who come to this country to frankly take advantage of it were thankful and right. grateful. Yeah, they're because, not. No, they always want more. And it's like, do you understand that I am facilitating this? Like, mm -hmm. we are paying more into the system than we get out of it. What do we get out of this system? Your kids are groomed. Your sons are sent overseas to die for reasons you don't even understand. And then maybe even another war that they're trying to start. And then your president, who's like, hey, maybe stop that. He's, like, threatened with prison. Like, what do you, what do you get? What do you get as an American other than, like, hot dogs and apple pie? Mm-hmm. I don't even think you can get apple pie. You can't. They, it's too they ban expensive that. Now. Yeah, true. It's too expensive in Joe Biden's America. Um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We'll be back with more. During last week. 
Joe Biden had a meeting with the Prime Minister of the Republic of India, and um, he, look, Biden tells a lot of jokes, okay? And one of them, apparently it's a joke now, that uh, he sold state secrets, which, you know, is it's only a very deep investigation that they're doing right now into whether or not he actually did that with all of the corruption. But Joe Biden's just over there joking about it. What a jokester. Let's listen to jokester Joe. I was just thinking, uh, uh, the, anyway, <laughs> I started off without you. And I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. We know, Joe. We know. Um, fascinating to watch. I, but I actually think what's more fascinating is him starting it by saying, uh, I want to start by thinking, well, anyway. Yeah, I think <laughs> if I had to guess what happened there, I don't think he understands like this setting. I think he just realizes there are other state leaders and I'm trying to like joke with them. And I think he's trying to like make a joke that relates to their experience because these people know yeah. how the game is played. They all sell stuff. They all make money. And so he's like saying that and they're just like, you're not supposed to say that right now, right. Mr. President. But he's just like chocolate chip. Like he's just completely out of it. Yeah, he's just so far gone. He's like, oh, you can't joke about the things that you've done in your long uh, and sordid history of being, you know, a, a career uh, lawmaker. That's not is that not funny? That's not funny. Oh, it's oh, 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 is it in poor taste to have Hunter Biden attend a state dinner the week that he uh, arranges a plea deal with all of his tax evasion and also more evidence comes forward that they were using the DOJ to cover them? Is that not that's oh, I'm sorry. Is that a faux pas? I, I would be sympathetic know. to the faux pas take. I think that's reasonable. Would you? Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. <laughs> Well, um, don't worry, guys, because he is running for four more years. So you can have four more years of that. Um, don't forget to go to Heck Off Kami. Go watch John's new content, which I will be doing. Excellent. Will you? Juneteenth special. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I watch your stuff. John doesn't watch my channel, but I watch his. I'm on your channel. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I, I am. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.